Okay. Welcome, listening world, to another episode of the Tim Very Podcast. Very excited today to have Ben Getz on the show. Thank you so much for making the time to come down here. Uh, today we are down at Pont City Market at the RFD Social. Social. Yeah. The roof at Pont City. The roof at Pont City. And man, is it absolutely gorgeous down here. This is my first time getting to experience the top of Ponce. And uh, now I know what all the hype is about. It's beautiful up here. It's got a really yeah. great vibe. Um, so thank you for being on the show today. Oh and uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Dude, thanks for having me. This so is cool. Ben runs the Atlanta Foodcast podcast. Is that correctly said? You know, and Atlanta now, yeah, Foodcast? Yeah, the Atlanta Foodcast podcast is really difficult to say. I should have thought of that. Uh, <laughs> That's why I call it a foodcast, so it's just shorter that way, right? Yeah. Um, and he has been uh, fortunate enough to really delve into the Atlanta food scene heavily. Um, at this point, you're probably up to how many interviews? Man, I don't even know. I mean, I obviously have a lot of um, have a lot of interviews that I'm sitting on, you know, yes. just waiting to edit, but mm -hmm. it's probably somewhere north of um, probably somewhere north of 80 right oh, now. Oh, so, man, I'm like, jealous. Interviews that are live and um, <laughs> it's just, it's been fun, man. Yeah. It's, it's been really cool to be in a place where people are excited to tell their stories and especially in a format that just is, oddly enough, has not really been a part of the tapestry of Atlanta media that we have around the culinary scene. Yes. And um, it's just really exciting for, for people to cut loose a little bit, talk Definitely. about their background, you know, their their mom's cooking, you know, and how Absolutely. they yeah, how they got into to the food world. It's, yeah. it's really fun. It's really I fun. um I've actually enjoyed it myself, you know, the new medium, the new podcast and um it, podcast medium it's just a great way to get right to people's stories what they're trying to say and things like that yeah. and so with that being said let's kind of dive into yours a little bit of how you got started when you knew this is something you wanted to, to launch out into and start doing a podcast of your own and how you found yourself uh, getting your interviews and building up this thing. Yeah. Talk about it a little bit. Yeah. You know, the, the short, uh, I guess the short of it was, um, I, I was, I was in a position where I was trout or I was commuting from our place over in Candler park and riding Marta to five points in the North on the red line up to Sandy Springs every day. And if you don't know that commute, it's, you know, I mean, it's an hour and change yes. door to door yeah. and it's a little bit of walking here and there. And, and one thing goes wrong. Oh yeah, it's like Marta's down, <laughs> whatever. And um, so I was just, I was killing a lot of my time. Uh, first, like listening to music, like going through like all of my, uh, my backlog of music that I had. And, um, but then I just, I started getting more and more into podcasts regularly. I was, I listened to a lot of podcasts previously, just a, a lot of different shows like the Splendid Table, the Bon Appetit Foodcast, uh, you know, Eater Upsell, but yeah. then just other, other shows as well. Like I tried to get into um, like the uh, Joe Rogan podcast, like his show and, mm -hmm. uh, Mark Marin, And, mm -hmm. um, I was like, man, is it comedy? Like, what am I really digging? But, <laughs> you know, I have a, um, I have a long history of my family being in the culinary space, both my okay. parents. Yeah. Both my parents are chefs. And, um, I, I was, I was just wanting to really fill my time with what's going on in the food world and just, you know, hearing, um, hearing chefs and, um, you know, people on these, on these shows who are writers or they're, you know, some sort of prolific, you know, inventor of something or they're, they're, they've, they've driven cuisine to a certain level. And, you know, it really just dawned on me. I'm like, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts on the train, both northbound and then back home. Absolutely. And, um, it just kind of hit me. I was like, you know what? Where's, where's like the Atlanta food podcast? Like yes. surely it's going to be some other media outlet like 
you know, Atlanta magazine, AJC dining, yes. you know, uh, I don't know, business chronicle, something. I don't know. It was like, someone has told the story and has it just in evergreen format. I was like, in my mind, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. People like Hugh Atchison, Annie Quattrano, Ford Fry, um, you know, just, just people who have really built, you know, and even before that, like, um, Scott Peacock and, you know, people who really made Atlanta a, um, a very culinary forward city. Mm-hmm. And then, then you start to get into the stories of people like, you know, Busy Bee Cafe or Mary Max Tea Room or the Colonnade. And, yes. um, I knew a lot of this history just from, um, from working so closely to the industry over the years. And I was just so certain that that podcast had to be there. It's out there. It's got to yeah, be. I was like, Oh man, yeah. where is it? And I'm just doing a search and I'm like, yeah. man, maybe it's on something else that I don't know of. And, um, and what I was looking for just wasn't there. There, there were definitely, you know, people who are very, uh, you know, prominent figures in the food world. Uh, there were interviews out there for sure. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, you listen to this great interview with Alton Brown, but you know, I was like, I wanted something that was more like specialized yeah, or, just, or long form, yeah. you know? And, um, so I, I was surprised that I didn't find it. And I, I think it just like, that was really what planted it in my mind. And then this was probably uh, late 2016 and then into early 2017. And, um, I don't know. It was just a, it was a really funny thing. I think just after being, being so, so close to the podcast medium, just as a listener over time, um, it just dawned on me like, you know what? I don't really know if I should wait for someone to create this. And it just kind of crept up, crept up enough. Just like, well, you know, you have enough, you know, you have enough connection in the community. Like, why don't you just jump out there and create it? So it's kind of what happens. That's usually what happens too, is you, you <laughs> see the need for it. And, and you go, well, no one else is going to wander out into these waters. I'm going to get out there yeah, and start sure. doing it, um, which is awesome. And, 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 at what, and you knew food, it was going to be food-centric, your podcast, when you started it. How did you start finding your, your first interviews with you know, yeah. the people around you that, you, that were your connections and all of yeah. that. Um, you know, it was interesting. I had, um, I had a very interesting position for a few years, uh, where I actually worked for Yelp and okay. I, I was planning events and just hanging out in the community, like doing really fun things to connect people with local businesses and local business owners and then vice versa. And so I had a lot of people that I knew just from those circles and it was wonderful. And I retained a lot of those connections as friendships. And, um, you know, when I first started out, I wanted to balance it enough to where I, I could, I could really create some viability for myself of, you know, if I reach out to a few people that I know well enough and I can give the idea some legs and say, Hey, I want to tell your story. It's going to be a podcast. It's going to be all about Atlanta. What do you think? And I was very fortunate that, you know, wonderful people like Nick Leahy, who's the chef and owner of X and Tintin over on the West side. Uh, Steve Kars is one of the founding dudes from King of Pops. Um, man, trying to think of who else, Delia champion from Delia's chicken sausage. Just just people that I've, I've known for years, very much respect. And I was like, Hey, let me tell your story. They're all, working very hard Still, to rise yeah, to been. the top of their respective yeah. industries and things like that. And so it is a really great, these people have something to say. They've, they've worked really hard to get to where oh, they yeah. are. Big time. And so it's, I, I am glad that you're, you're giving them a place to talk about their experiences and what they've gone through yeah. to build up of successful business. And some of them are still working super hard oh, yeah, at building that. 
their their chef owner, chef business owner, business partner, but they're running service, if not every day, almost every day. Like they're working to, you know, have that sous chef that can pick up the reins or they have that, you know, and they're still, but they're still very involved in the concept in their restaurant, in their business. And, um, and you know, it was interesting starting out. I, I, I really, I tried to balance my, my outreach, so to speak with people that I knew and people that I didn't know, like uh, people that I did not know of here's an idea, something that I would love to do essentially and like have your story be a part of it. And it was a really weird pitch. It was like, there's absolutely no commitment of any kind. Like I, I just tried to think of, um, after spending so much time in the food world, the restaurant industry, um, I tried to think of what, what ways could I create something that's going to be low impact? Can I catch you on an off hour between services, whatever, you know, and how can I make it about you and how you got to where you are and then tell me about what you're doing. Absolutely. And the show set them up for the maximum response. You you know, (laughs) try to hit them up during a a rush hour. Exactly. Horrible interview. Yeah. I was like, it's, it's, you know, (laughs) I think it all all comes down to some form of tact, you know, and it's like, Hey, can I interview you on Friday at like six 30? I'm learning these things myself. Are you available? Yes. Like, no, of course not. But yeah, um, (laughs) it was, um, it was so interesting to, to take that, format. And then, you know, we're, um, man, I don't even know how many episodes into season two right now, but it's been a little more than two years since I really started working on the show. It's awesome. crazy. Yeah. And, um, so that has very much stayed the same, but the thing that's really changed over time is I guess in my mind, um, so my mother is a very, um, talented doesn't really do it justice, but she is a force to be reckoned with in the kitchen. Wow. And she's worked in the, she's self-taught. She never went to culinary school. Um, and, uh, the, the type of chef that she is and has become throughout her career is, is a level of mastery that you find from, you know, other people who do not have her story, (laughs) you know, if that makes sense. And, um, so understanding that my, my thought originally was, I want to tell the stories of, you know, chefs and how you got your start and who you worked under and how did you get to the point where you finally got your restaurant? You know, but that, that idea, it seemed to have a pretty low ceiling. I was like, man, I don't really want to hit that. And then, you know, I think it became more apparent to me that the, you know, you spend any amount of time in Atlanta and you realize that food is a main, one of the main sources of entertainment that we have in this city, that people really do treat our culinary community as kind of the hotbed of like, like let's go eat Szechuan on Beaufort highway yes. and let's go hit Krog. And then we're going to go to brick store and Decatur. And yeah. then we'll, not only know. do they want the food, but they want the, the environment, yeah. the decor, right. what, what, experience are you going to offer me during this dining experience? And I really enjoy how big and how, you know, just successful so many people have been at pulling it off. You know, you can go down to, you know, places like gun show and get like a completely different experience than you're going to get at some small boutique restaurant. I mean, there's just a lot to offer. Someone was telling me maybe that Atlanta, this could be true. And I feel like you would know this Atlanta has more restaurants than I'm going to botch this, but basically like per capita or something, Mm -hmm. we are definitely giving almost every other major city a run for their money as far as high quality restaurants and restaurants in general. Um, And I, I 
really enjoy the kind of interconnectivity that I'm starting to encounter between all these different chefs and businesses and how, you know, you got to be a part of a bigger community if you want to, to have support and have connectivity, all of that kind of stuff. So, um, it's been very exciting to kind of see it keep growing here. It doesn't seem like it's slowing down anytime soon. No. And yeah, I mean, I don't know what the actual stat would be, but, um, I mean, I fact check that one. Yeah. But you know, I mean, I, I, I read eater pretty much every day and that's honestly a huge source of where I find out when something is opening, where they're opening and kind of the backstory of who's who. I mean, they do such a great job of really uncovering both ends of the spectrum of what's opening, what's closing. And, um, that, that's, that's really, it's really interesting to think of it by the numbers because I'm sure the velocity has to be crazy. And, um, but just even people that I know, I mean, you know, you talk about gun show, Kevin Gillespie's spot on the belt line, cold beer, mm-hmm. like it really crept up on me. I was like, Oh my gosh, like they just announced that they're opening. And that it's was like last spot. Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty staggering how many, really cool businesses and restaurants and the people behind them and the other things that they've done and have since either, you know, sunsetted or they've just kept those alive and they've, you know, respun a lot of that creativity into a different space or a different concept or idea or whatever. Um, and just to watch them grow and like, and then that family tree, so to speak, I've, I've spoken about this with a lot of people that I've had on my show is there's this family tree of the restaurant world of Atlanta that someone has to illustrate in its full form, you know, under this chef and the number of people that they incubated, so right, to speak. And then right. it turns into, uh, you know, them opening this restaurant. Perfect example. I mean, again, Kevin Gillespie and then Joey Ward, you know, he's opening two spots at the end of the year. And then, um, you know, I mean, there's so many of those examples, like people who have started with someone and now they're doing something else, you know, Chef Parnas Savong, you know, opening Talat Market or Jarrett Steber opening it's Little Bear. Be competitive, don't you think? Just to have this many people trying to sort of well, so get com- that limelight. Com- competition is a really interesting thing because I think that there definitely is that. But I, I would say that a lot of people would tell you that competition is really more viewed in the, in the sense of like friendship of friends being competitive, not necessarily I'm stealing share from your dinner traffic from my restaurant away from you. Not that type of competition. All the franchise businesses can do that. You know, they can, they can have fun doing that. But, um, but I think that the deeper restaurant and culinary community that, that I experience with a lot of people that I know and, um, that I would just say they're friends is, people are really excited for new things to happen in the city in, in a way that is, um, you know, it's, it's someone doing a pop-up with, um, you know, a, a chef that is, you know, on Beaufort highway with someone who's in town, you know, or, um, like people get stoked about that kind of stuff. You, you could be doing a pop-up, you could be opening a new restaurant. It can be something completely out of left field. Like there's a pool of people in the city who are going to be so rah-rah about that idea. And then that starts to reverberate and then more people, see, this is great. There's video so I can talk with my hands on your That's show. Right. This is great. Yeah, yeah this is great. Hands um, <laughs> like I'm doing this. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think the, the best thing is there's, there's a, there's a layer of, reception that I think you have a chance to experience in Atlanta that you might not find. And I I don't think it's, I don't think it's any less or more competitive than Atlanta. I just think that we have 
a bit more of first and second level, maybe second tier, first tier, second tier type of connections that people share that you don't find in other major culinary cities like Chicago, San Francisco, Houston, New York. I mean, LA, you know, it's, it's just, it's because of how vast and transient that a lot of these cities are. And we're, we're complete, you know, I mean, we're, we're no, we're not innocent from that. I mean, a lot of people are not from Atlanta. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somehow I seem to find all of those people and have them on my show. Yeah. Like, oh, I grew up in Decatur. Yeah, like, oh, right. wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, so I think uh, it is really interesting that the, like that side of competition is, um, is really more, um, I see it really more as like people are, competing with themselves, yeah. you know, it's or all, it yeah. kind of crosses over into almost inspiration. Right. It's a very, very akin thing with the music world. And we right. were just talking about this backstage a couple shows, a couple days ago, we just got done playing some shows and we, there's a few bands that surround us that when they go into the studio or they're going to put out their new album, we get like really excited. Yeah, because we know we're gonna hear something from these guys. You know, we're friends with the band from the UK called uh, Biffy Clyro. Every time that band, and they actually did just put out a record, a little plug for them. Um, mm-hmm. um, he, anytime they put an album out, it's not like we go, "Oh man, they're bigger than us," or you know, or there's any kind of jealousy there. It's more like, listen to this, listen to what they just did on this record, yeah. and you get this overall musician excitement for for friends of yours who you respect them still pushing the limits and yeah. pushing the bar and pushing what can be done sonically in the studio and all of that thing so i think it's very similar probably maybe in the chef world of like when you see somebody like use something in a way you've never seen before or mm-hmm. come up with some new innovative way to do a, a dinner club or something like that. Yeah. It's inspiring. And it's also, it gives you that, that feeling of like, I want to, I want to do that now. Like I want to put yeah. a little extra thought into the process and be creative with it and all of those things. And, you know, we're going to take that into the studio as mm-hmm. we start this next record too of like, man, we can't let our friends down. This thing's got to be good, you yeah. know? So yeah, for sure. It, it definitely. It, there is that it's, you could call it competition, but it's more, I don't know, inspiration really. Yeah. You know? And and I think you want your friends to succeed. And I, I think that's, that's really more what I see. And, um, or at least from what I experience. And I, I think for the most part, I mean, a, a lot of, a lot of people that I know in, in the industry, you know, if they're not a, if they're not a mom or a dad, and the, the free time that they have, that they're not at the restaurant, they're probably spending time with their family. And then maybe the one night a month or a quarter that they can go out to dinner, you know, with their spouse or with a friend or go support another chef opening a restaurant is right. like those, those margins that you have are very slim. Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, it's not always, I mean, and, and not only that, like I don't, I don't know a lot of, I don't know many chefs personally where that's like their nightly type of experience where it's just like, well, I got to go check out all these restaurants and I got to see what type of my competition is. Like they're, they're not like on the forefront cause they're running their own show, yeah, you know? Busy. And yeah, I mean, I mean, you talk about, <laughs> I mean, you know, growing up with it, I, um, you know, when I was in seriously, probably elementary school into middle school, uh, my mom's career was really just starting to take off. And I mean, you talk about, you know, something that might sound so foreign to especially like the coming generations, like working 80, 90 hours a week, especially or more if it was like a really busy 
week of events or whatever, um, you know, she would be gone by like 4.30 in the morning and she wouldn't come home until 10, you know? And that's a shift, you know? And that's a very real thing in the, in the industry. And you talk yeah. about like burnout, like you have to find a place. And I've only worked a handful of restaurant jobs in my life. So I, I don't have like the like the stories that a lot of people do. And I've just seen it from the perspective that I know how to respect it because those were my folks. For sure. And um, you do have a inner yeah. inner view of what, how, what it totally. really takes yeah. and, and what it really and, looks like. Yeah, so especially seeing people in the industry who are parents of young children, like, like, dude, you have all the respect in the world for me because I'm a dad and I fight for every minute that I cannot be commuting or working yeah. to spend time with them yep. because those are precious moments that's, when they're so tiny. And But it's also hard because, you know, it's when you live in a city like we do, like Atlanta, it's, it's really fun because the energy that you feel like, I mean, honestly, like just reading the news of someone like Jarrett Steber, like announcing his restaurant, Little Bear, it's like, like, you're just like, dude, like that is so exciting. And like, I can't wait to support you, mm-hmm. you know? So I know that it's, it's difficult because you want to, you want to grow this avenue of your life, but then also like you have everything else that like, I still have, you know, my family, my friends, like everything else. So, you know, there's, there's precedence that yeah. you have to, to prioritize. Yeah. yeah. So it's, um, yeah. I mean, you talk about, you know, understanding how to just, I mean, kind of live in reverence of that. It's, um, it's very real. I, I mean, honestly, there were times where if me and my dad and my brother wanted to see my mom, like we went down to the restaurant cause that's where she was, you know? What, so what kind of style foods does she make? Just a little side note. Oh man. Well, she, she started her career in pastry. So gotcha. she's primarily been a pastry chef her entire life. I mean, she worked her way up from working like as a, just a shift, like pastry chef. Yeah all the way up to executive. And um, she's not working like, you know, service in the restaurant anymore. Like she's doing some really amazing creative things. Um, And, uh, but man, you know, it's funny because like watching her work in the restaurant, I mean, it's incredible. She's working with like the, the most amazing ingredients, the most amazing produce, um, you know, and some of the restaurants she's worked in, uh, you know, things would come in like special order, like, you know, Tahitian vanilla. And then we can, you, you smell that, but then especially when you taste it, you know, like, oh man, you know, or just something like that. Specialty or, things yeah. you would like never. Yeah. Do you know what durian is? No. Okay. So you need to look up durian, okay. but uh, durian, it's um, primarily from, um, you will not find it grown in the States okay. or anywhere in the lower 48, but it's uh, like very, very much, you find it in um, like Southeast Asia and a lot of other parts of the world. But I remember she made a, and, just read about durian and then get oh, back I'm to me. Going, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the, it kind of looks like a jackfruit, but like okay. really spiky. Okay. If it fell off of a tree and hit you in the head, you'd die. It, and they're huge. Like they're massive. And, but I remember she made a durian sorbet at one of the restaurants that she worked at. And, uh, she had that type of, you know, adventurous side to yeah. her where she was like, I'm going to put this on the menu, but it's going to be so approachable that people are going to not only want to try it, but they're going to miss it when it's gone. That's, awesome. That's the kind of work that my mom did. And I, I was a really, um, I'm censoring myself. So I'm swearing in my head, nah, but it's, it's not good. coming out of the microphone. <laughs> um, but I was a really picky kid yes. growing up and, um, I didn't really become like, I, I didn't really get interested in food until I was much older. So really like in college when I first started, that's when I started cooking, you know, so you and were like a total pain in the ass. To oh, I was awful. Yeah. yeah. My mom be like, no, you weren't but like, you're sweet. But, yeah. um, but the, 
like having those memories of some of the things that she would make in the restaurant were really great. But, you know, in the one day off that she might've had a week, um, I remember coming home from school or lacrosse practice and, you know, there would just be like a sheet tray of cornbread, homemade chili on the table and, or just like in the kitchen. We ate a lot at our counter. We weren't like a sit down, mm-hmm. you know, like, 6.30 every no day. time for that. Yeah. It's like, no one's home. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, we're all, we're all gone. Um, but those were the meals that I look forward to the most. Yeah, I, I really look forward the to. homemade. Yeah. Just stuff like that. Totally. It's amazing. You still, she, she put the fondness for the food and the food industry and the yeah. care and time and ingredients yeah. and all that in you. Yeah. Um, and, both, it's, and both it's kind my of, parents did, absolutely. you know, and my dad, um, you know, he, uh, he worked, um, yeah, I remember years he was a, he was like a GM of a, uh, of a grocery store chain. It's called Albertsons. We okay. used to have it in the South. I grew up in Florida. Like so it. yeah, but I think it's still big out West. I remember like road tripping one year and we saw it like a bunch out West, but, um, but then he worked for Papa John's for a number of years and, but just being so close on either end of my parents' careers, mm-hmm. like there was food, you know, and like food service or yeah. the industry and like, yeah. Um, and it was very different styles and both my parents were on the level of like managing like large teams of people. And, um, so watching them interact with people and also food and the business side, uh, you know, it's it's funny. Like I have no idea why I didn't end up like directly in the restaurant industry, right. but it you makes know. sense why you're running yeah, it's, a, a food cast for but sure. It was, but it was just so it was just so common, you mm-hmm. know. Like, but like when my parents were home, you know, I remember a lot of like my dad would like slow smoke like pork shoulder on the Sunday, or but man, like when my parents were home and we were all home, like it was just really fun, simple food. But then my mom would make like. Like chocolate souffle. Oh yeah. yeah. It would be like, oh man, like cheesecake or mm-hmm. and we were just like, oh hell yes. Make yeah. Me hungry, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but those well, are fun memories. It's you know? awesome, yeah. man. And they really did kind of set you on this course, whether they knew it or not, that you were going to have an involvement in food and the mm-hmm. food industry. But I think it's also given you eyes to see, you know, what's actually happening back there. And, yeah. and what it takes to run a successful restaurant. Yeah. You know, for most people who are just sitting down to eat, a lot of times we don't think about what's all going into this process, but it's yeah. great that they're able to to have a place like on your podcast to talk about how much they care totally. about their enterprises and what they've built yeah. and what they've come from. Yeah. Which, they, which talking about that a little bit, you so you you're at this point with like with the food cast at about mm-hmm. 80 episodes where, you know, it's, it's an established thing now in Atlanta. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. You're like a known name and thing in Atlanta. <laughs> it's great. I see it yeah, it's it's awesome. very strange. Yeah. Um, where do you take this now? It's a good question. Um, it's, it's been really interesting to be in a position where, um, I think, I think there's a, there's a season of podcast media that I think we're kind of all swimming through right now and is kind of building up to rising. You know, I think a lot of people are interested in it and, um, I kind of look at it the way of everyone was a blogger, you know, back in 2008 and so a little more than 10 years ago, maybe. Um, but it's different because, you know, if you, if you said to someone now, that you're a professional blogger, like everyone would chuckle at you, you know? But podcasting is so different because it catches you with a person where you get to capture a part of their personality 
that you really can't, I mean, I guess you could, I'm not that good of a writer, you know? So, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't tell your story in a way that I would look at me writing it better than you could tell it, you know? Right. So I think podcasting is so... Right to the source. Yeah. Yeah. but, But it's also in such a fledgling stage where I don't think we've seen everything that podcast media can really become. Mm. And, um, it's funny you asked me that question. Someone asked me not too long ago, they're like, what are you going to do once you've interviewed everybody in Atlanta? I was like, (laughs) give me like 10 years. Maybe (laughs) they're still moving here. Yeah. I was like, I do one episode a week, man. You know? And so, you know, I, I think, I think in that, like on that note, I, I, I think that it's, it's been fun. Um, you know, this is going to sound so catchy and it's not a pun at all, but people are really hungry for it. But I think not, not just in the sense of, you know, I want to see, I want to hear more stories and see more people on the Atlanta food cast. Like, I think that that's coming, you know, like that's, that's really easy, but I think it's more of like, how can I continually expand the way that stories are told and in what way are they actually tied to the food industry? Like perfect example. Uh, I took my wife and my kids with me, drove up to Roswell. Well, technically it's like Milton. So that's more like Alpharetta. Okay. So we're just hop, skip and a jump from your head. Oh yeah. And, uh, but we went to see our friends, Zach and Alana who run Levity Farm. And we got to know them a couple of years ago at the Pont City Farmer's Market. Okay. And they are farmers. Like they are uh, growing things. Yeah, yeah. They're growing things in the earth that they supply to restaurants that you've probably been to, you know, I mean, they grow the produce that ends up on your plate and wanted to go up there and hear their story and like actually walk the farm with them. And like, they're picking, you know, you know, the tiny cucumbers and tomatoes off of the, off of the plant and like giving it to my kids and like watching them eat that. Like, I feel like that's more of the, um, it's that style of story that I want to continually tell. It's less of, you know, tell me about like how successful you yeah. are. You know, it's, it's really just more of like, what makes you get up and do this yeah. every day? You know, what, for it. Yeah. Like what, what gets you so excited every day to see things growing out of the earth Big or time. like you open, you unlock the doors to your restaurant or you're going to make popsicles or gelato or, you know, I don't know, mixers for cocktails, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, I thought it was going to be more about how, how much clout was built around the concept of a restaurant that was backed by a well-known chef. And that's what was going to be pulling people in to listen to a podcast. But I think it's becoming more that people are actually interested in the person and where they come from. And I get people that write in just, I mean, I get like the, the best emails where people are like, I went to go check out that place after hearing them on the restaurant. Absolutely. You know, or like, Oh, just moved to Atlanta from Brooklyn and we picked up your podcast and, uh, I went out to that event that you mentioned, like from whoever you interviewed. Yeah. You know, it's like, to You're me, like, like I'm helping all this connectivity, and, but yes. it's so like not not you can never do that stuff intentionally, right. you know. And I I just uh, I think what I think what the Atlanta Foodcast is um, is it's very much like some funky form of like independent journalism meets like public service, and I think that's really what it's meant to be. I love it, and I think the other thing that I truly feel like very deep after creating something and just being very consistent with it and. I, I really hope that because there was such an absence of the Atlanta food cast and what it does for people who live here and especially the business owners that I love and appreciate and respect so much is even if I'm not the guy 
interviewing someone and running the show, I hope that someone keeps it going 10 years from now. Like, I hope that it just is a thing that we have. And then honestly, I'd love to see someone in Birmingham be like, well, dude, I should do that in Birmingham or Kansas city or. Yeah. We were just in Birmingham this this last weekend. And that's a city that's just exploding with food and, and, and venues. People are happy there. Yeah. They're loving it. It's kind of in that perfect city size right now where there's a lot of, you know, opportunities swelling there, you know? So, um, I love that, man. You want it to be a source that people can go to and find out where, where's where's the spots in Atlanta that I want to go, yeah. you know, and what are they? Why are people loving them, you know, and, and what chefs are doing, what, all of that. It's a really, really great interconnected world. Um, but I, I agree with you, almost like you're saying with the tree, it's really nice to see how everybody... When you find out, like this guy used to work at whatever, you know, Bacchanalia, now he's over here or mm-hmm. like or whatever. It's just, it's kind of cool to also. They're almost like musicians or whatever that you respect, yeah. where you're like, man, look at this guy. He's got a new, he's got a, a whole new enterprise over here that he's working on. And um, I am also want to be just supportive and um and, and 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 ingrained as much as I can in what's going on in Atlanta and all the awesome opportunities that people have here in this huge and only getting bigger city. Yeah. Um, so man, it has been an absolute pleasure to have Dude, you on today. Yeah. I love talking with you. Um, I love listening to your podcast and, Thanks, um, man. and, um, yeah. hearing all the, the, you know, there's a lot of people I didn't know about that I'm finding about, yeah. you know what I mean? That are out there and very much like you were saying, I'm, I plan on checking all their restaurants out. Me and my wife are massive foodies. We like eating in all the good spots. Yeah. So, uh, you're just going to have to keep giving us the, the lowdown <laughs> on where we need to go. But, um, yeah, wrapping this up, let's plug the podcast where, where people can find you, mm-hmm. um, and things like that so that they, they know how to find you and look you up. Yeah. So I mean, you can go to it's atlfoodcast.com. Um, it but I mean, with it being a podcast, like you can find it on iTunes yep. or Spotify yep. or Stitcher. Yep. Um, it's really funny. People come up to me all the time and like, Oh, I listened to your podcast on pod zone. Like, I didn't know, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I did not man. upload like, it there. I was like, <laughs> Good. And it was like, someone else did that, but that's cool. That's awesome. Um, and it's on the gram, yeah. right? It's on the Instagram. Yeah. You can follow us. It's the same thing. It's just ATL Foodcast. Like, uh, every Monday there's a new episode of the show. Typically, um, you know, I think the other thing that's, that's becoming really cool too, is you can subscribe to, like I do like, an, it's, it's not really a newsletter. It's just like it announces, I, I announce new episodes every Monday. So if you, if you're more of an email person, like all the links are in the gotcha. email and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's every Monday there's a new episode of the show. Awesome. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of like who I have coming up. Um, man, I, I interviewed, uh, Angie Mosier. Uh, she's a pretty, uh, prolific food photographer here okay. in the city. Awesome. Um, man, I just interviewed, uh, so speaking of Pont City Market, uh, her name is Tal Baum. Uh, she owns Bellina Alimentari okay. downstairs yeah. and she just opened Aziza over on the West side. She's originally from Haifa, like right outside of Israel, like, or in Israel, um, up on the coast and like the food is incredible, but her story yep. is just amazing. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, man, this week, uh, I was it's Pat Pascarella of the white bull. And then like this whole season, like it has just been all over the place. And I, um, I just, I'm like always, uh, I'm always wanting to hear people's stories. Like my favorite part of every episode is 
like hearing where someone grew up and what kind of eater they were, yeah. you know? Yeah. I was like, and then I'm like, we'll talk about the restaurant, <laughs> but amazing. yeah. So well, that's exciting, yeah. man. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really proud of you and, and excited for you that you've Thanks, been able dude. to just become an Atlanta fixture through hard work <laughs> and, and tenacity really. And just building relationships with a lot of fantastic people. Yeah. Um, so thank you again, Ben Getz for being on the show. Um, I'm also going to plug real quick and say, if you're, if you're listening, make sure to subscribe to, to the Tim Barry podcast. Um, and also make sure to check out the Atlanta Foodcast. Um, thank you guys so much f- for listening. All right. We'll see you later.